somewhere deep inside Texas. This is Piper's Talk Radio Show with your host, George McCormick. This is another day and another interview here on the House of Briar Piper's Talk Radio. I am your host, George McCormick. Piper George, call me what you will. I really don't care. I'm good either way. Y'all, I got a man on the phone with me today. All the way from them, well, somewhat little bigger than a shoebox size foothills. Out there around the California Bay Area. Nice little area. He ain't complaining about the weather too much. And he's here to tell us about his pipes. Y'all, he's got some awesome pipes. They're factory made. He does some handmade pipes. He even got a cigar thingy that looks like a pipe. It's quite amazing. I really like it. He's going to explain all that to us right here today. His name is Chris Morgan with Morgan Pipes. Chris, what's going on, buddy? Well, just doing the interview. (laughs) Doing the interview? Man. Okay, well, we're going to get to the real important stuff in this interview right now. The most important topic of all. Man, what's that truck you got on your on your, on your your place there? That is a uh, 1958 Dodge D100. And how in the world did you manage to come up with that? Well, um, my grandpa bought it. I think he, he was the second owner. He bought it, and uh, he had an affinity for, for old trucks and and all that. He also had a 55 Dodge dump, which is still in the family that my cousin owns now, and he's restoring. But, uh, I used to go around with him to, he was a, he was a, well, he was a house builder, basically, a uh, carpenter, and he would go around to the houses after he would build them and he would end up owning them, uh, just because of the cheap housing market at the time here. And, uh, basically ended up running a, property business as a landlord and we would go around and turn over rentals and paint and stuff when I was little and uh I'd ride in that truck and now now I uh ride in the driver's seat okay that's good well you know what I could spend all day long talking about that truck rather than the pipes but uh that's not what we're here for so I need to get back on track all right (laughs) man I was looking at your website there let's start off with them cigar things what is that cigar pipe thing whatever you call it. That's the Briar Cigar. Um, about five years ago, I came up with an idea just sort of as a joke, honestly. Um, and, you know, figured, okay, well, we can, I've seen the Zeppelins and I've seen, you know, a few others out there and I wanted to do something similar, but a lot simpler, a lot easier to use, a lot more effective. So I ended up designing a very, very small version <clears throat> that was, God, about the size of like a, I don't know, petite Corona or something. It's really small. And, um, it worked okay, you know, but it, it just didn't, it didn't smoke very well. So, uh, went back, kept redesigning and redesigning and ended up coming up with a, a cooling chamber in between the stem and the airway, which popped. I mean, it made it, it work basically. And, um, that's pretty much where we're at now. I mean, we're on version five, I think, five or six. You know, keep improving it, 
get feedback from customers. Um, it's all over the world. You can buy it in most countries. There's a shop that has it. So it's been very successful and it's been great to see a product like that that started sort of as a joke. I mean, it was a novelty, um, just among a few friends of mine. And, uh, I don't know. It, it just, it's been very widely accepted. I don't know. I've never smoked one of them. I talked to you a little bit about it, told you I just saw it, but how does one go about smoking that thing? Well, because of the, uh, the narrow chamber, tobacco chamber on it, you just, load your tobacco it works better if it's fine cut um a few guys tend to smoke flakes in it but it it just doesn't perform as well with flake so i always say get something that's already ribbon cut and uh, if you're using a flake chop it up real finely it doesn't have to be super fine just finer than you know a rubbed out ribbon or rubbed out uh, flake and then just feed it in there like a normal pipe tamp it um there is a learning curve, so you got to figure out what is going to be your preferred draw. Um, and most people figure that out by like the fifth or sixth smoke. They figure out the cadence that's required for it. It's a little bit different than a traditional pipe. And um, just make sure you got a tamper. That's that's the big deal that a lot of people have come back and said, like, hey, I've got ash falling out. I'm like, well, are you tamping it? I'm like, no. Okay, well, you have to tamp it, <laughs> you know. Um, and if you do it right, you won't have anything falling out. I still don't recommend people smoke it over their, you know, grandmother's, um, you know, special Persian rug. But, you know, it's more of an out, outdoor thing. It's a mo- mobility sort of product for guys that are, I don't know, <clears throat> out bar hopping or, you know, hanging out with friends or they're at the ballpark or something. They want to jump out for a quick smoke. But you just you smoke it like a traditional pipe. There really isn't a whole lot to it. Okay, well, talking about traditional pipes, uh, why don't you tell me about the different pipes that you got there on that website? I've seen you got some that are bare bones and some that are finished and some cool little rabbit down on them. I like that rabbit. Kind Thanks. Of, kind of makes me yeah. want to pick up a magazine and start reading. So tell me about it. So uh, I, I've been a handmade pipe maker for 10 years since 2006 mid 2006 um and i kept doing that for a while sort of striving like everyone else to qualify as high grade um which is a term i don't really use as much these days just because i I feel like products should stand on their own as opposed to the name you know the name they have assigned to themselves in most cases um but, you know, I, I did that and over time started realizing that, you know, as a pipe maker, you don't have a 401k. You don't have any sort of retirement. You don't have a pension. Um, there are very few people that, that are still making pipes today that were doing that in the seventies, you know, and while I will be making handmade pipes probably the rest of my life, just because it's a, a very deep passion of mine, um, you know, you know, having grown up here, <clears throat> how expensive it is. That's it's very expensive to live here. Oh yeah. And you're you're con- I mean, when you have neighbors that are working at Apple and Google, and you tell them you're a pipe maker, they look at you like, how the hell are you living here? You know. <laughs> um. And it's not, it's not only about money. You know, this, this is the other thing. And it's kind of a roundabout answer, but 
I looked at the market about yeah, two, three. Well, it must have been when I when I put the Briar cigar in full factory production. That was that was about four years ago. Three, three and a half, four years ago. And I looked at it and I just realized, you know, I'm making these things by hand. I made about 250 of them by hand. And the amount of time it takes to make these, since I'm set up for, you know, handmade work and a factory set up for production work, you know, they can efficiently get things done. I just wasn't as effective at doing those particular tasks, repetitive tasks. So while they were all perfectly the same, one after the other, it was just a lot more effort than my skill set could contend with. Um, so I put put in the in factory production in Italy, and uh, we're still with well, we're with the second factory that I used. So originally, the Briar Scar was produced by Escorti, and um, they did great work, fantastic Briar Cigars. Um, but then, you know, I started thinking, okay, well. What else could we use? And we, we started to transition over to another factory that was just a, a little less expensive. Um, I would consider the quality to be roughly the same, but in a different way. You know, they, they didn't worry about the details that don't matter. Because there are certain details that just kind of don't matter. You know, um, the inside of the chamber is going to be coated, so why does it need to be polished You know, or sanded? Those sort of steps that take a long time. Um, but we transitioned over, and I was able to make the product a little more affordable for customers. And um, that's kind of how that went. But, you know, about two years ago, maybe two and a half years ago, I started thinking, like, there isn't there isn't really a uh, an outside-the-box traditional pipe. You know, they're all – if you want a Peterson – they're standard catalog shapes. If you want Stanwell, they're standard catalog shapes. There's nothing really that's kooky. I don't know if that's the right word for it, but sort of my style. And so I started thinking, okay, well, let's just play around with the idea and see if we can come out with a set of military mount pipes. And that's all it was originally going to be, just three shapes just for fun, just to see what the public wanted. We put them out. And it was almost an immediate sellout. People were so overjoyed to have something just a little different. Not that the you know the traditional brands are bad. It's just something a little different was apparently what people wanted. And um, sort of went on from there, and then developed the the blackjack shapes out a little more. And then came to oh, I guess it would have been late last year. And I started thinking, you know what? We're already producing a hundred and twenty dollar pipe. Or an, well, eighty-nine dollar pipe for the military mounts, one hundred and twenty for uh, the newest rendition, which contained some metal work and some other tricky procedures. Um, and I figured, you know, people love Dr. Grabo, you know, people love Yellow Bowl, people love Medico, but it's never talked about. You know, it's looked down upon. Oh, basket pipes—they're garbage. But for I don't know, I'd say seventy percent of the the pipe smokers out there that and corn cobs is all they need and they're they're uh loyal to those those products so i figure you know there's uh there's there's a lot of waste coming from the factories and um you know if it can't be produced and smooth for a particular uh client then it goes into a bin because those shapes were picked out the amount of product was picked out uh possibly even designed in, in most cases um, 
those those shapes can't be used for just another customer. They have to be scrapped. So, for example, if you had company A and they want to order a thousand smooth uh, tan pipes and you get maybe 300 of those that have pits, they can't be sandblasted because that's not what the customer ordered. So those 300 go into a bin. Now, with that combined with all my blackjack shapes over the past three years or two years, I guess three years, um, all of those and other customers that just have had stuff made that they can't take for whatever reason, I have those sandblasted, uh, coated with carnival wax, stemmed, and laser engraved as the bones line. And since they are less expensive than the blackjack pipes, I can offer them at a very, very low price. Now, my margins aren't as great, but it has been such a wildly successful product. Um, it's been incredibly humbling to see how many people stand behind, you know, a no bullshit pipe. It's just a pipe. That's it. <laughs> Man, that's, that's actually pretty cool, you know. Not as much of a profit margin in them, but yet you're selling, you know, five times as many of them. So all evens out in the long run. So you you said you've been actually doing woodworking for how long? Uh, I've been making pipes for 10 years. I've been woodworking since I was at least at least 20, possibly longer. And you make more than just pipes that you got on your website there. Tell me about that smoking box or whatever that's called. <laughs> Oh, the, the, okay, so the Calabashian smoke box, um, sort of play on words, Calabash smoke box, all that, um, is sort of a, uh, I guess steampunk, sort of a steampunk themed project. Uh, a buddy of mine, uh, AJ Brockman, who now is a, uh, I guess you'd call him a restaurateur. He owns a, a theater and a, a coffee shop slash wine bar, I guess, in Florida. And anyway, he's uh, a very well-known artist. He's a quadriplegic. He has um, sort of a degenerative muscular atrophy. So he has very, very limited use of his limbs. I think he can only move two fingers on one hand. And uh, sort of a childhood, I don't know if you call it a disease, it's more of just a syndrome. His body's just not his muscles aren't strong enough to do much. So anyway, he is a fantastic digital painter. So he uses a tablet and he'll paint pictures and then have them printed on canvases. And, uh, you know, they're, they're gorgeous. So he ran a little operation called Stash Warden and it was a little retail shop. And cause that's, that was his name on YouTube, Stash Warden. He had this amazing handlebar mustache. And uh, he could only smoke church wardens, so you could see where that name came about. Um, and I figured, you know, church warden, he, he wanted me to make him something, or I wanted to trade. And so we kind of started working on this deal. And I said, you know what, I, I don't want to make a church warden. They're, they don't smoke great. They're, they're just kind of a pain to make. The stems are very difficult, and I don't know how long a stem he would need. So I said, let me make you a table pipe. And he was intrigued. I basically just started, you know, working on this thing. It took about six months, seven months to make. Uh, significant, probably the most work I've ever put into any pipe. Uh, hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of hours. 
And uh, it's basically the way that you would see a calabash pipe work, but in table format. So the box is about, I think it was about six or seven inches square and maybe eight inches tall. Uh, so it's not huge, but it, the entire body of it is an open chamber that has acrylic, uh, hand machined acrylic windows so you can see right through into the chamber. And then the tobacco chamber sits on top inside of a, uh, brass compass, like a ship's compass. And then, um, it has a nitrile hose that is, uh, wrapped with brass and copper and handmade stem. And I mean, it's a very, intense thing when you really get down into the details there's a lot to it and uh after time we just kept upping the ante you know i kept putting more work into the box he kept sizing up the fo- the uh the painting and he made a, a memorial painting for my grandfather who is probably the most important figure in my life growing up um which is why the truck is so important to me and he did all the stuff, uh, painted in, you know, us sitting on a bench in a, uh, a fruit orchard and the trucks in the background. And it's, it's a really cool painting. And that's up in my shop. So that's how that came about. And you thought up all the designs and all the way to make that work on your own? For the smoke box? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a completely scratch-made project. The only piece on there that is not 100% handmade is the ship's compass on top because I don't have a mill. But it's all that was all modified and machined so that fit over the uh, tobacco chamber, and it kind of tied the whole piece together. Are you the guy that invented that toilet that flushes in space for NASA, too? <laughs> That's it. I'm, not, I'm not that good yet. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I fear you come up with that Calabash smoke box, and the way that works, that's pretty ingenious. So, Thank you. I fear you uh, made the toilet, too. <laughs> and uh tell us about uh the rest of your products that you got out there i see now you you do handmade pipes so I do handmade pipes yeah and what what, um, what style of pipes do you like to make i i really like army mount pipes military mount pipes i just i like the functionality of it and i like the way that the stem fits just a kind of a weird affinity for it um I like very lightweight pipes. And see, here, this is sort of where it gets strange for me. And I think a lot of other guys are like this too, uh, as pipe makers. You make nice pipes. You spend all your time because it's your, you know, it's your passion. You get to pour your energy and your, your creativity into something so someone can enjoy it and also pay for it. But when you sit down and you want to smoke your own pipes, generally most of us don't get too fancy. Like, I call it the uh, the Bo Nord effect, right? So the guy produces or produced <laughs> extraordinarily beautiful pieces. He smoked the ugliest, broke, like just almost. I, I don't want to say garbage pipes because they weren't. You know, they were important to him, but they just to to, to other people. You look at it and say, "Come on, man! You produce amazing pipes. Why don't you make something for yourself?" And it's it's very much like that for me. Um, I smoke my Bones pipes almost exclusively. Um, I smoke also my Blackjacks. I have a few Dagner pipes uh, that are in my rotation. I've got about 400 pipes in my collection, and I only smoke maybe 15 of them at most. So 
I like very simple, lightweight, classic shapes because when I smoke a pipe, I'm sitting down in my chair with a beer or a scotch and I'm watching some stuff on Netflix. Um, I very rarely am walking around with a pipe. Uh, it just gets in the way for me and I'm moving around making things so I can't, can't afford to have stuff falling into my pipe, wood chips and plastic and stuff while I'm on the lathe. Yeah, you know, I ordered some corn cobs about a few weeks ago, and they finally came. And uh just like you're talking about, light, small, functional. Yeah. Uh I haven't, honestly, I haven't touched one of my briar pipes since they came. And, uh, as for a rotation form, well, when they start to get a little overused, you just throw them away. You know, they're yeah. about three, four bucks a piece. That's the beauty of it. I, I'm a huge supporter of corn cob pipes. I, I just, I love what they represent. I love the history. Um, a lot of people, I mean, they're, they're becoming more accepted in the upper echelon type smokers, but they're just, they're just cool. You know, there's something to it. You just, I don't know. It's, it's odd. It's like getting a, you know, getting a, a case knife or, you know, like a little old-timer knife. I mean, yeah, it's not going to flip out with one hand. It's not like the greatest steel in the world. But Grandpa had one. You know, it's one of those things. And it connects you to the past. Yeah, in fact, you know, I got a, I got a case. I got an old case I keep in my pocket. Just the old Stockman style. Yeah. And uh, my nephew, he's a, he's 11, and he wanted his first pocket knife about a month ago. And, yeah. uh... And so I said, all right, well, let's go get you a pocket knife. I'll buy you one. And we went down there to Tractor Supply Company. <laughs> and I walk him over to the case of knives there, that little spinning thingy. And I said, what, what kind do you like? And he turned around and went to the wall that has the, that has the packs of like three knives for $4. And each knife is like 12 foot too long and has jagged teeth on it the size of a, out of the tiger and it looks like you know something that you just you, you know it's like wow dude you fixing to go invade isis or something <laughs> <laughs> and then he got all disappointed when i just got him a little single blade lock single locking blade uncle henry <laughs> that's all so, you need yeah so, i mean it that's that's what i started with you know yeah and, and pipes are the same way i feel you know i don't i don't care whether they're accepting the upper echelon as pipe society or not you're not the one smoking them i am so exactly there's there's too much focus and i I think it it used to be a little worse actually um i go back and i think about when i first started and it was the the boom of the you know the high-grade pipe and the ultra-grade makers and the you know all this stuff and the american artisan market was taking off selling to china and russia and you know guys were making $3,000 $3,000 a pipe. And, you know, outside of my control, I was sort of one of those guys, you know, selling stuff at auction through an eBay seller and making a lot of money. And now I look back at it, I'm just like, I don't think I could ever spend two grand on a pipe or $1,000 on a pipe. It's just not me. Man, I cringe if I got to spend more than $50. Yeah, most I, people do, man. I, I, I still do. I don't, well, I mean, it's. I'm biased because I don't buy, you know, I never buy pipes. Um, if I buy, if I want a pipe from a maker, I will do my damnedest to trade. 
mm-hmm. know, um, sometimes I'm gifted pipes. Um, but generally it just don't, I think the last pipe I actually bought was a Yorn Larson about six years ago. And, uh, I still have it. It's probably my first, what I would consider to be my first high grade pipe that I've purchased. And it wasn't super expensive. I think it was 250, but man, if you ever come across one of those, I highly suggest you pick one up. Just uh, Yorn and, uh, yes, Conowitz have a very similar style and they produce very similar shapes. And the quality level is neck and neck, except that you're paying 250 for a Yorn and you're playing 2000 for a yes you know yeah i've got a couple pipes i was gifted that are your higher end pipes you know a couple hundred dollar pipes and stuff and yeah they they just sit up on the shelf because uh, number one is i'm afraid to smoke them sure because i'm gonna burn them up i'm gonna destroy them so you know i don't sit there with a match and you know delicately suck a flame down in the bowl and Oh, that, nope, nope, nope. I take a lighter to it and I put it on there. And, well, once it's good and hot, then I'm done. Uh, That's where I'm at, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't have the luxury of, you know, like a lot of these guys do, of just sitting around smoking a pipe for hours. <laughs> you know, if I smoke, if I fill a bowl, you know, <laughs> I'm only going... Go on and puff on it, you know, three or four times, and I'm going to set it down, come back and relight it a little bit later. Yeah. So, you know, I'm hard on them. You know, I let them sit out on the porch, you know, with the Texas humidity and all that stuff. So I, I found for me, you know, cobs are good, you know, bone, you know, bone style pipes, bare bone style pipes are good, you know, just, just durable, durable and yeah. functional. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you lose it, it doesn't matter. If if it you know if, if you're fly fishing or something, it falls in the water. Eh, whatever. You know. I, the the way I look at it is, I've spent a lot more money on a lot dumber things that don't really help me. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. forty bucks on a pipe for a lot of guys is a lot of money. I mean, that's it's it depends on your situation, you know. And I try to be, I try to be courteous to that in my you know when I produce something, I try to give it to people for for the most appropriate price something that everyone can afford um which you know last year i thought was 89 bucks you know everyone can afford that well there's some people that can't and that's that's fine i mean not everyone is uh you know some people have four kids and they've got you know car payments and they've got student loans and stuff and that's that's what the bones line was for you can get a, a good honest pipe and honest is the key word here you know, there's no bull coats. In fact, I don't use bull coats in the blackjacks either. I want people to see that this pipe A was never smoked and B it's not full of flaws or fills. Um, and that's just something for my own products. I like, you know, I like clarity and I like transparency uh, in a brand, um, which is why, you know, I've always had an open door policy. You know, anyone wants to email me or I don't give out my personal numbers much anymore because I've gotten some weirdos calling me, but you know, message me on Facebook and email and all that kind of stuff, and I respond usually within a couple hours. Um, I just feel like a, a, a company should run that way. You know, I, I partner with my consumer, and 
you know, I, I came out, this is another product that, that came out, uh, was the flapjack, which is a smaller, sturdier sort of rendition of the backy flap that was originally made by Parker and one up. I've seen that. I liked it. It's a cool product. It's just freaking expensive. Like it just, it's so hard to get it cheaper. And, you know, I'll come right out and say it. I mean, when, when I was designing this and I was getting bids on, uh, you know, I designed it out of Briar and, uh, we were playing around with it and I said, this is just, it's too weak. You know, it can be done, but it's just too weak. And getting a three inch piece of Briar, three inch diameter piece of Briar is actually, I think it's almost four inches. It's impossible. You can't get blocks that big on a regular basis. So, um, you know, we kind of went back to the drawing board and I was playing around with ideas and I said, you know, let's just make it aluminum. I wanted it to be like copper or brass, but then you're dealing with, uh, you have to get a spun as opposed to machined. And that's, that's a pretty specialized procedure. But, uh, I ended up working with a machinist in Vermont because I wanted this to be American made. I wanted it to be, like I said, transparent for people knew like this is, you know, if I'm putting my tobacco in here, it's not some weird pot metal that's got lead in it. Um, so they machined it out of aluminum, and uh, it just didn't – it scratched. You know, aluminum's soft, so I didn't want something that would look bad after, you know, a couple weeks. So I went back and said, what do we – you know, what would it take to hard anodize these? Now, anodizing, for the guys that don't know, when you anodize something, it puts a very thin – coating on it and you can scratch it it's very soft still it just makes it look nice so when you see like black or blue or whatever color it's usually anodized hard anodizing takes it up you know about 10 notches and it makes the surface so damn hard that you can't scratch it you could scratch your keys along it you could uh i mean if you took some sandpaper too you could probably do a little little damage but it is, it's bomb proof. I mean, I've shot it, which damages it, but not nearly as much as, you know, damaging a piece of bare aluminum. Um, I've run over it. My friend's got a, a huge, uh, power wagon, Dodge power wagon. We rolled over it with that. Nothing happened. And the response I got was, well, why do I need my tobacco to be that heavily protected? It's like, well, you don't. Well, when when is a truck going to run over my tobacco? It's never going to. The point is that this will last for 200 years simply yeah. because it's that strong. You'll never have to buy a new one. Um, and we did 100 of them to start, and they, they sold. About half of them sold pretty quickly, and then the other half kind of lingered around for a few months, and I just figured – no one really had the interest because it's, you know, 89 bucks. It's, it's not, or 79 or 89 bucks. I forget exactly what the price was. It's not cheap. You know, a box to put your tobacco in, that's kind of expensive for most people. And, um, I left it. And over the past two months, I've had an overwhelming number of people have said, I want one. Let me know when they come back in. I'll buy two. And so we're going to go back and do another run of them. Um, Possibly, possibly threaded. We're still working on the details with that, but I, I like the uh, the current rendition. It's not it's not as expensive as a threaded model would be. So very cool. And you also sell uh, pipe making products, don't you? 
I sell some materials. I'm not as heavy into it as I used to because it, it's a lot of work um, bringing in briar from Italy, making sure that I've got a steady flow and, uh, you know, keeping all that organized. It's, it's also very expensive, you know. Um, let's just say I sell 10 blocks of crosscut and I throw it into a small or a flat rate envelope, padded flat rate envelope. It costs $7 to ship that. So, you know, a 7% shipping rate, it just ends up being kind of expensive, even with flat rate. Um, and then, you know, profit margins are not huge on Briar to remain competitive. So I do carry Briar here and there. I'll bring some stuff in just so guys can, can you know, can get their two and five blocks if they don't want to put in a huge order uh, to the mills. But what I recently got a hold of, um, well, I recently brought in strawberry wood. So I have that, which is Arbutus or what we would consider to be almost like a Mediterranean Madrone burl. Um, and that stuff is gorgeous. In fact, I'm kind of happy no one's really noticed that I have it because I love working with it. <laughs> well, they're going to um, they notice after this show's over. <laughs> probably, yeah. Um, brought in some olive wood. And we had some problems with that. Uh, I think the boil got too hot. So we're going to be, uh, I took that off the website immediately as soon as I figured it out. Um, and then what I recently got a hold of was Turkish block Mirsham. Um, I, I've been friends. Well, I've been, uh, you know, I've been, I, what, I wouldn't call it friends because originally it was just we kind of knew of each other. You know, we, we, we were fellow YouTube pipe presenters. Uh, Tom Provost, who's the diabetic man on, uh, on YouTube. And he contacted me one day and he said, Hey man, I know you carry, <clears throat> I know you carry uh, other pipe making products and materials. I've got something really special for you. And I was immediately intrigued. So what do you got? He's like, I've got 150 blocks of Turkish Meerschaum. And like immediately my jaw just dropped because this stuff for a lot of guys that don't realize this is so impossibly hard to get since, since the seventies in the U S because it's illegal for uh, Turkish nationals to, to export uh, Mirsham outside the country, which is why you just don't see any other carvers. Like you, you see any, any Mirsham carver is going to be within, uh, Turkey and usually just within Eskishir, which is where the majority of these pipes are made uh, and the mines are located. So I said, I'll take them. I want all 150 blocks. Oh, you know, you're, send such, them over. you're such a rebel. What's that? You're such a rebel. <laughs> I'm such a rebel. I'm an outlaw. <laughs> <laughs> so he, you know, I told him I want them all um, because I just really, I wanted to, you know, I, I get a kick out of bringing these, not, it's not a money thing when it comes to this because I'm making almost nothing off of them. It's, I want to be that guy that's discovering this cool stuff. I want to be the Indiana Jones. You know, I, I love history and I love, uh, finding new things that people don't know about and educating them on it. You know, it's just, it's really fun. So when he found these, we did our due diligence. I wanted to make damn sure that these were not African Americans. And I checked with a handful of 
you know, fourth, fifth generation Turkish carvers. Um, I checked with mineral experts who there's not a whole, there wasn't a whole lot of help there because Mirsham is not considered, you know, like a, I don't know, a collectible mineral. You know, it's a, it's a commercialized product. Um, I checked with guys that just flat out know what they're talking about that are just learned in the, in the field and, uh, ended up checking. I'll tell you in a minute who we ended up getting the final answer from. But anyway, Tom went back and he looked around, he called me up and he said, so I've got, got an update for you. And I said, what? He says that 150 blocks, I'm expecting to say, yeah, we, we don't have them or something is now 350 blocks. <laughs> I said, okay, well, I can't afford to buy these off you as is because they, they did want a significant sum of money for it, and understandably so. But I said, I'll tell you what. I will take all of them, and I will sell them for 50 bucks a block, which is more than fair for what the product is, and I will give you half. And they said, done. So that's what we've been doing. We've sold about a hundred and Oh, it's probably been at least 120 blocks so far since I've announced them. Um, and it's, it's fantastic stuff, right? So I'll, I'm sorry I'm rambling a little bit, but I'll fast forward a little. Um, so everyone's working with their blocks and, you know, sales are going great and it's, it's a fun product. You know, most people have never dreamed of even working with it because it's extinct essentially, uh, outside of Turkey. And I start hearing little whispers from, you know, other Turkish carvers that, surprise, also sell Turkish Mirsham. Now, the Turkish Mirsham market is tricky right now. You know, people aren't buying as many pipes as they used to. So, obviously, these guys are going to have some cash flow problems. And I don't mean any offense to anyone by that, but it's just the way that it appears. So so, so they went moonshine running style with the Mirsham. Basically, yes, because two nice. years ago, I actually tried to import some, and I was looking for people that would do it, and they're all, like, scared, because it's, I, I believe, and, you know, someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it's prison time if you get caught exporting this stuff. You know, it's a, they call it a, consider it to be a national treasure. Like, like California, you can't export California poppy seeds. If you get caught like pulling, like cutting, clipping California poppies, like on the side of the highway, it's, I believe it's a misdemeanor. So it's a big deal for them. Um, and so these guys would come out of the woodwork and they say, that's not Mearsham. And I'd have to reply as this is Mearsham. It's been verified. We don't need to talk about it anymore. And then it was verified. Okay. This is block Mearsham, but where is it from? So people would say, well, it's Turkish. That's, there's no way that's, uh, or that's African. There's no way it's Turkish. I said, no, it is, it's Turkish Mirsham. It's been verified. And there were all these little stupid arguments, people thinking that they're experts. Let me tell you this, George. No one in this country, I would put it at a number of less than four people, maybe five people in this country, have any idea what they're talking about when it comes to Mirsham. It's just, it's just not a product that's known. Uh, no one knows anything about it. There's no way to distinguish without spectro analysis which mine it came from. It's just, you know, it's there's there's too much mystery behind it. So the arguments and all this silly stuff that's surrounding it, 
is kind of just hearsay, and it's people trying to spread rumors. So I ignore it. You know, I don't like to play into the drama. So I left it for a little while, and I let other people talk about it and say, yeah, it is it is Mirsham, you know, from Turkey. And then Tom gets on there, and I said, you know, I told Tom behind the scenes, I said, could you just put up something, put a post up, and explain the story? Because I don't know what I'm talking about here. I don't know all the, the details. And he gets up there, and he says, this Mearsham was personally unpacked by Ed Andrews. Now, if you don't know, Ed Andrews is a godlike legend in pipes. Um, I'll let you Google it or Wikipedia it or Pipedia it. The guy is as close to a legend as you get when it comes to this stuff. I mean, he's like, you know, Hans former Nielsen, Bo Nord, uh, Sixton Evers. I mean, he's he's up there as being one of the godfathers of this industry. So he's the he's the Uncle Jesse of Turkish Mirsham, and you like the Bow and Luke. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, he, right. he's a he's a hell of a nice guy too, which is great to see. Um, but when Tom put that up there, you just you hear crickets because everyone's like, "Well, shit! If he said it, then." I guess it's true. You know? <laughs> uh, so that's, that's been all verified. And, you know, I, I get people, people want to make waves and question it, but it's, it's not the highest quality Mearsham. I could tell you that. I mean, there are pits and stuff, but I, you know, I don't know enough about the product. I'm still learning how to work with it. Uh, but it's not this pure white uh, alabaster color stuff. When you get it wet, it turns a little tan. Um, as some of the other stuff that I've seen does. And when it dries, it is as white as you can possibly see. I mean, it's just straight up white, white. Um, well, if any, a, here, here's what you do. Here's what you do. It may not be perfect. It may have pits. It may have all this other stuff. But if anybody complains about your Turkish Mirsham blocks, tell them to show you their best one. Yeah. Quite <laughs> simple. That's, that's kind of what it's been. I mean, the people that have talked about it, A, have never worked with it, and they're going off of hearsay, which is fine. I can understand. I can understand uninformation. Misinformation is quite a bit worse. But the other side is these uh, couple of Turkish carvers who also sell Mirsham. In fact, this was the best part of this whole thing, and I, I got a kick out of it. This guy kept telling me it's not Mirsham. He's like, but if you want to buy some Mearsham, I'll sell you some. I said, no, I don't but, have some. I have 350 blocks. I don't need any more. I don't have any room for this stuff. He's like, okay, I'll give you a good price, $95. And I was like, just just, to, just for fun, show me what you're selling me for 95 And he shows me this. It's a lump, right? So you can't really buy block Mearsham in block form. It's block Mearsham in lump form, which is basically deposit nodes, or you get pressed Mearsham, which uh, I think Steve Norse recently found uh, at Pimo, which I thought was kind of cool. I haven't seen the raw product. I thought that was really interesting. Um, and you can get that in block form because obviously, obviously it's pressed. Well, he was trying. He was trying to sell me ninety-five dollar little baseball-sized pieces of Mearsham. I'm like, no, dude, I've got full-on squared-up blocks for fifty. Why would I buy your stuff? <laughs> well. The way it goes. I just, don't take just, any offense to it. I just think it's funny. Just tell them kick rocks, turn around. Kick rocks, yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's say that people want some of this Mersham from you, or they want a pipe, 
or they want some briar, or they want to look at some of the stuff you've made and order a handmade pipe. So how do they go about getting a hold of you, contacting you? So you go to morganpipes.com, and it'll show you any – there's a variety of ways to contact me. Uh, I've got the, the phone number. I believe the phone number's still up there. Uh, you can go through email, which is the preferred method because then I can flag it and get back to you in a timely fashion. Um, currently, if you want something handmade uh, for, from Briar or Strawberry Wood, the weight is – well, right now I'm getting married in a week and a half and moving, so – the wait time will be extended a little bit, but, you know, give it a, a month or so, month, two months. Uh, Meerschaum pipes right now I'm doing for fun, learning the product or learning the material. And I've been auctioning a lot of those just so people can kind of name their own price. Uh, and those are going 200, 250, just because it's, it's a fun thing for me. And then... Um, if you want anything that's currently in the store, so Briar Cigars, Blackjacks, Bones Pipes, uh, just go to morganpipes.com and go into the store, and you can buy all the stuff there. Um, I offer $7 flat rate domestic shipping for anything, uh, no matter the size of the order. And then I think it's 30 international because USPS got very greedy. So there you have it. All right, dude. Well, now people know where to go to get Get some pipes and get some blocks if they might need it and try to try to give you their input on uh, how fake your Turkish Meerschaum is. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, you can have something to laugh about when you call me next time. Yep. Yeah. Well, Chris, I'm going to let you go and I'm going to get everybody to look at your website and, uh, you know everybody's listening to this show because yours is coming on here as a as that contest I have running for that free pipe is. So Oh great. Yeah, everyone's gotta listen to the show and answer three Excellent. questions after a month. After my answer they have to answer three questions after one month of shows and the first person to email me the right answer is wins the Irish Briar pipe. Wow. So so people are gonna be listening to your show. Great. And uh, sounds good. Who knows? It might be his contact information. Might be the question. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But Chris, we're gonna let you go. And Great. I'm fixing to wrap it up because I really need to smoke. I had a chance to smoke all day long, and I'm about to go nuts. You know, I have less. I have less opportunity to smoke than you do, and you live in California. <laughs> I live in Texas. Yeah, it's illegal here. <laughs> It's frowned upon here. We have a we have a hay barn, so they they really frown upon smoking pipes out there around the hay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It only happened twice. <laughs> was it you both times? Yeah, but in my defense, I didn't know no better. I was only thirty two. <laughs> <laughs> no, it never happened. Well, Chris, I'm gonna let you go, and I'm gonna talk to you hopefully on here again rather soon. What do you think? Fantastic. All Can't right, wait. all right. We will talk to you later, bud. Thanks again, man. All right, y'all. That concludes my show for the day. Y'all look me up on my website. Listen to the past shows, housebriar.com. You can find me on iTunes and SoundCloud. Just go in there and search for Piper's Talk. Y'all, I got a Facebook group. If you ain't a member, join up. Meet all kinds of cool people. See the updates, what's going on with the show. The group is, of course, 
Piper's Talk. So until next time, y'all, I am Piper George with House of Briar Piper's Talk Radio. And uh, y'all do like I'm going to do right now and have a good night and keep on smoking.